Caroline. Yes, Caroline. <laughs> well, well, well. Another week has gone by. We it has. Still here. We still yes. here, and people just have to get used to it, you know? Oh, just like our current situation around COVID-19. Oh, my God. I know. COVID-19 again, I think I'm going to scream. It's so unfortunate, and it's just where we are right now, you know? It's just so, it has seeped into every aspect of our lives. God. So, yeah. Where we are right now, where are you? Ooh, good question. I am currently sitting in my living room in my apartment. Yes, and uh, my roommate is in the kitchen doing some work. Oh, but you Kenya, know, right? Yeah, Kenya. Oh my God, I want um, to say hi. <laughs> I want to know. But the sad part is that you're not here with me. So I where are you? And now, because our governor decided to uh, get it together and issue a, an official stay-at-home, so. he did. Uh, yes, which means that you know we we're still going to work and do the podcast, but we can't do it in person this time. So yeah, and it's 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 a different. It's a this is. I mean, I'm praying that this is not our new normal, but it it might become that. You know, I've been calling it not a new normal, but our current normal. So I'm kind of about the fact that, like, my hopes, my expectations, you know, all this is just going to be what we currently are going through, and it's not going to be fully our new normal for us in a period of time. Yeah, so I've really been trying to call it our current normal um, to have it just be shit. Because, you know, words, they matter. They do matter. And um, I'm actually sitting in my um, office right now. Um, our new townhouse. We That's right. Yes. Been here. Yeah, it's very exciting. We've been here for about a week, um, which is really, really great. Um, but um, we've still got some stuff to unpack and everything like that. But what I was going to say is... Um, you have some uh, pre-COVID-19 quarantine experience. Do you want to kind of summarize your blog post that you wrote? Oh, my gosh. Look at you calling me out. <laughs> I, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you in, okay? I, listen, we got to share. We got to share. Because you know. You yeah. have your area of expertise now. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I got the opportunity to write a blog post for work, and I'm really happy with how it came out. Um, I think I've really kind of found this love for writing and, like, storytelling, um, particularly around, you know, the work that I do with, like, leadership and identity and service. Um, and so, basically, I was tasked with writing how us, you know, adhering to these guidelines around social distancing, self-quarantine, now this uh, shelter-in-place or stay-at-home, um, stay-at-home guidelines – all these pieces that can really feel kind of isolating for folks is really us engaging community. And so how can we frame that? And so 
uh, as I was re reflecting and writing, I, it took me back to 2009 when I was uh, much younger, <laughs> baby-faced. Uh, there are pictures in the blog post to prove it. So and, much hair also. Love that for you. I Thank you. Yes, I, it was a great wig. I miss it dearly. I <laughs> wish I didn't work. Um, but yeah, so I, I did a youth program many years, moons ago. And during it was at the height of H1N1 or swine flu back in 2009. Wow. And so when I got home, yeah, and it was with like over 400, like more than 400 youth from like around the world. So, you know, it's just like a lot of people in one location um, for a week. And mm -hmm. so some people end up getting quarantined. And then when I got home, turned out I actually contracted the, the virus. And my dad, who at the time was still alive, you know, his health was very much so compromised and because he you know has a he has type he had type 1 diabetes and so mm -hmm. no chances whatsoever of him yeah. catching me so she like locked me away in my room like like rapunzel oh my god wow uh, <laughs> you were basically in a version of your own like tangled you know what i mean oh my gosh you know i've always wanted to be a disney, disney princess so yay uh, but yeah, so I, I ended up having to uh, quarantine in my room for an entire week, which, you know, during that time, I hated every second of it. It was really frustrating to be confined to one room and not be able to move freely like I normally did, especially after having come from a week long in D.C. where I got to do all these amazing things. You know, it's just really difficult. Um, but at the end of the day, it was important because... You know, if I hadn't done it, the the potential, you know, the potentiality of my dad getting sick from that was so much harder. Yeah, exactly. And so that's just what I try to talk about and kind of extrapolate a little bit to our current situation of realizing that we don't just do this for ourselves, but we do it for those around us who could be more greatly affected by our decisions not to adhere to the guidelines. <laughs> That, yeah, I mean, that's true. Thank you so much for sharing that and, and sharing your experience. And I'm sorry that you have to go, have to go through quarantining twice, which is probably crazy, but. You know, it's a lot, but gotta do what we gotta do. You know, like I, I really believe in, uh, I kind of like said a sign of, you know, there's no I in team, but there's an I in community. And I, I deeply believe in, in the importance of community and our place in it, so. You know, yeah, no. I'm gonna um, make it happen. Do you know the community? Um, the pastor in what was it, Brandon, Florida, or something that decided yeah, to have Brandon, a church Florida. service recently? Mm -hmm. Tell us about um, it. So basically, from what headlines um, I read, or I mean, I read the story as well, but I mean, it was earlier in the week, so. Forgive me if my memory fails, but um, there was a pastor of like, I think a pretty sizable church down like near the Tampa area who decided to hold an in-person church service and he ended up getting arrested um, mm. because he was not following CDC guidelines. And I just feel like we're at a point right now where houses of worship are places where the virus will spread and people are going there. Mm -hmm. and, um, I understand the the desire to want to um, fellowship and do all the church things, but like if it's gonna put people's lives at risk, 
is at risk, why would you have a service? It's just, to me, it's kind of like he should have gotten arrested. And, like, I think that um, they did the right thing in doing that. But I just, I just feel like, are we not paying attention? Are we not listening? This is why people look at Florida and say, Florida, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he's, like, it's, it's stories like that that get out that make me really upset and super angry. I don't know how you feel about it. But... I think, and then the fact that it was so many people, I think it was, like, what, 400, 500 people at the it's it just blows my mind because when I think about the the opportunities of them being exposed to the virus, and then those four five hundred people going out back home or into the community to then potentially affect other people or expose them to the virus as well. I mean that that is those moments where I think Florida could quickly start to become more like you know New Jersey or New York, and it just it really terrifies me because you know we we. Most of it is happening in South Florida, but if people do mm-hmm. things like this, it could easily make its way up here to North Florida and, and really just take over the whole state. Here's the thing. In Leon County, we've only tested 0.2% of the population. Mm. So we could very well have very similar numbers to a place like Miami or um, Broward County, but we don't have the testing capacity to confirm any of that so it's kind of like like let's use our best judgment and like thank goodness we had the leon county specific stay-at-home order yes absolutely but if you remember correctly that stay-at-home order was only between the hours of like 11 p.m and like 5 a.m or something like that so it wasn't really um it wasn't as robust as the one that recently came out and i think the only reason why desantis initially came out with the stay-at-home order is because it's gotten to a point now in florida where it's really rapidly uh, spreading here. And I think we've, we've got to try to get a handle on it. Um, but even when, um, so we're, we're apart right now and it's because of the recent executive order that he released. And I don't know if you had a chance to read the executive order, but I read it. No, I haven't. And, and it says there's a list of essential activities or whatever. And in the list of essential activities, it's like going to and from work, going to and from the grocery store, like things that are actually like people need to, like if you need to go and get something, you can get it and go home. But there's another layer on there, and it says um, it defines going to your house of worship as an essential activity in the executive order. And I feel like it has a lot to do with the pastor who broke the law, kind of. And and, and I just I don't really know. I know that a lot of his base are very religious, um, but I don't see how the old 60-year-old Republican white people are going to vote for you if they're dead. Mm, damn, that's some truth. And I think what's really interesting too, because even with the story with the pastor, you know, like the sheriff who like arrested him, he like even said in the article that he is a you know a man of faith himself, and I think they said that he is a Republican, and like these other Republican groups kind of called him out for arresting this faith leader in there, but he's like, listen, I'm doing this for the public health like there is a point yeah. beyond politics and we have to realize that we we have to sacrifice certain ways of being right now to ensure that we are still able to do those ways have those ways of being after this is all said and done right um and i'm mm-hmm. kind of impressed by him uh, being able to kind of stand up to them and ha- um st- be steadfast 
and, and the reality of like these these Republican um, groups kind of calling him out about it. Uh, and you know, even my mom, mm-hmm. my, my mom was going off. She's like, they call themselves Christians, but like Jesus was there with the sick and with the poor, trying to uplift them. And like these people are mm-hmm. things that will hurt those people. You know, the people who are the most marginalized, who are the most vulnerable. And they mm-hmm. are completely disregarding them uh, because they believe that they have this essential right. But, um, you know, like if you really cared, uh, I think that you would really start to think differently about what your behaviors will do to, uh, to other people. I mean, I think it's just another symptom of like our kind of like individualistic society and like how it functions. And like, even when you think about, okay, well, who's this going to affect disproportionately? Vulnerable communities, for sure. People who maybe don't have that celebrity money to get tested when they're asymptomatic. People who, um, especially, um, I know that I I sent you that there was an article um, that came out in Slate recently where they spoke with a doctor about kind of the the higher risk for Black communities, for example. Absolutely. Yeah, I think her name was, um, what, Dr. Uche? I forgot her last name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that that is such a good point to bring up because I think that when we talk about these vulnerable populations that could be um, deep, more deeply affected by exposure to the uh, COVID-19, I think we also have to remember that even within that, there are different social stratospheres at play that mm-hmm. even more deeply affect certain populations. So for example, with that article talking about African-Americans and Black folks who, for so many different reasons, already have such a difficult time with the health system here in America, will just continue to be marginalized in this uh, pandemic. I mean, basically, as a Black woman, people don't really believe you about your pain. Nope. Either way. I remember when I was an undergrad, I actually ended up getting um, mono, and when I when I was diagnosed, I was like, "Okay, well, I'm in a lot of pain. Like, what can I do?" And I was told by like the staff, and this was like when I, you know, obviously was a student at FSU. Um, they were like, "There's nothing we can do. There's no medicine for it. You just have to ride it out, right?" Mm. And so I remember distinctly a moment where like I was sitting awake at 3 a.m just like crying because I was in so much pain and I wasn't able to um, to sort of breathe in any way. And a couple months later, a a white male friend of mine got mono and they had him so like, they they gave him drugs. And I was like, I didn't think I could get drugs. It wasn't even offered to me as an option. Wow. They just said, bye, girl, like, good luck to you. And then, you know, one of my white male friends got, you know, I think he got, like, Oxy or something like that. Um, but it was some, it, it was, it was, it was to relieve his pain. And, and I didn't even know that that was an option. Didn't even know it that, was an option. And, you know, and I, I uh, it just is so frustrating because even with my situation of when I was in the Peace Corps and being pulled out, I had to yell at the medical officer about my situation because he threatened, you know. Um, I was trying to explain to him how bad my situation was and he did not take it at all. And it wasn't until I yelled at him that he then, you know, uh, 
change suit to start doing what was needed to to make sure that I had the care that I I needed. Uh, really? I, yeah, and and I just think of if I hadn't advocated for myself in that mm-hmm. moment, what could have happened? Like how much more damage could my body have gone through, and how you know irreparable would have been if I didn't. And I think that that is also something that the article talked about is that you know when black folks even do go to be seen by a medical professional and you know they get there they might not even be able to adequately talk about mm-hmm. what's going on with them because they're being told you know, like you oh there's nothing wrong with you it's not that serious and mm-hmm. then you know especially in this situation they go home and the condition even worsens even more. Or maybe they don't go in the first place, they don't even go because they already think in their mind, they're not going to listen to me. Or I still have to work and do this, this, and this to provide for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. And when we start to think about these things, it, it just really gets frustrating. Uh, and I think the the biggest piece for me that um, the Dr. Uchea was talking about in her article was that medical professionals like doctors and nurses and such don't have training around public health. No. And that's like a yes, because they don't learn about the disparities. They don't know about these other inequitable processes that are mm-hmm. in place, even within the medical care system. And so that to me was like, oh my gosh, she's so dope. And, and she's so much and truth. The, and what is yeah. being done to remedy that, you know? The other issue too is that it's so ingrained that those medical professionals don't even know that they're contributing to the problem. So, yeah. I think, um, and now we're at a place where it's like, okay, like how do we get this information to, to, to medical professionals so that they're not turning, uh, you know, uh, marginalized people away? Because I mean, not, I wouldn't even say like just, you know, the black community, but also like, I feel like um, LGBT youth, specifically those that are like um, disowned by their family, like they're very, very vulnerable to something like this. Absolutely. I, I think of, of them at this time as well. Um, Same. And I think of, you know, the people who are undocumented, Mm -hmm. who already, you know, feel worried about going to certain spaces, you know, Mm -hmm. with the increase that have been going on under the Trump administration. And and now with this going on, you know, them being worried about, you know, just going to a medical facility, especially when I think about how much government is involved in everything right now. I can't imagine, feel like, to be an undocumented person and maybe feel like if I go there, will I somehow be recorded and put down Am in I a way that they even know? Am I going to get all these? Yeah. I mean, it's. It, huh. oh. Bless up. I can't. Mm, I, just, I, I, I am unable to like even fully uh, pro- process it all the way. Actually, um, funnily enough, I just got a message from Malia. And uh, we are officially over 10,000 cases in Florida. Wow. So that's as of, what is it, April 3rd today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are, um, hmm. we need to stay, we need to stay home. And, and I think um, that the stay at home order that we got through through April 30th is really good. I think it's going to have to get extended. Hopefully it'll get extended. Um, but I think we're looking at a couple months of this, of us having to stay home and flatten the curve. 
Absolutely. I, I agree. I think that the earliest we could probably see us starting to open back up again um, would probably be June I think, at the earliest. I think FEMA has probably. estimated about 100,000 to 200,000 deaths from this. And that many people yeah. haven't even died yet, Eric. I know. That, that number has not even been reached. And so... Yes, I hope that people, you know, I, I, I hope that people start to see the, the severity of this situation. I hope that they also then will start to look at really who then are the most vulnerable and what do we need to do to ensure that the decisions that are being made are keeping them um, as a part of the conversation too, mm -hmm. you know, because I even think of so many conversations around like ethics at this time of like who gets ventilators, how long do you get to allow people to sit on ventilators? And, and then it just goes back to this worry of, well, what about the brown, black, queer folk um, who, who could be in these situations? Mm -hmm. And then they just decide you're, you know, for a reason you're not worthy. Um, even if they don't mean to do it, like that's what's going to happen potentially. Um, and, and, you know, I think that it's just something that hopefully people like Dr. Uchea and other people who are aware of it will, will at, continue to advocate and put a voice to it. Yeah. To hopefully really to the minds of other people, of like, let's just make sure that as we're going through this mess that we're, we're really being critical of how we then do it. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, yeah. I think it's just, it's a weird time. I've been working from home for like a week and I actually had to kind of get out of the house because I felt really cooped up. I don't know if you've been outside today or yesterday or anything like that, but we went on a little hike um, where we kept our social distance. And it's kind of like, I think every couple of days we're going to at least have to leave the house, just be outside for a bit. Um, oh, absolutely. I think it's so neat. Not quite sure. I think it might look like instead of us going to a trail like we did the other the other day, it might look like us just going walking through our neighborhood. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing with my roommate. It's just we and it's been nice to just learn more about the neighborhood too, you know. Um, but that's what we're doing when we go walking, it's just to walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but we have to really have to kind of uh, hunker down I think as this as this goes on um but speaking of things that are going on and like the cultural either of this time because here's the thing we're we're quite literally I mean this is shitty don't get me wrong this is shitty but we're living through history right now I don't think anything like this has ever happened in modern times. yes so absolutely um, we've got to talk about what's hot you know right now and I think <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with this um, but yes. we have got yeah. to discuss the phenomena uh, that has been <laughs> described to me um, by a really good friend as a, and I quote, a Mountain Dew fever dream. <laughs> and I was I was not ready for that, but it makes so it much makes sense. Um, Tiger King, let's where. <laughs> Oh, it feels so yes. Florida to me. 
it does. Which part does take place in Florida? So I also feel like Joe Exotic could literally live in you know Wakulla. Well, he did for a little bit. I don't know what color, but like towards the end when he was like on the run, basically, um, and they said he was like in South America somewhere. That was totally like Panhandle beaches in the background. Okay, yeah. So maybe he was at he was at Panama City or Destin. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. And I was like, you belong here, Joe Exotic. Absolutely, you fit right in. Wow. So, um, what are your impressions of the show? Let's go through. Like, I just, I need all of it right now. Okay. Ooh. It. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. So, okay, I'll start with this. So, when I started watching it, because you, you, you had texted me and was like, Eric, have you watched it yet? And I was like, obviously not. I'm like trying to catch rewatch RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> I'll get to this and you're like, but you should, so we can talk about this Friday. I was like, yeah, okay. And boy, oh boy, I started it, and at the very beginning, I asked my roommate, Kenya, I was like, Kenya, um, are are these the actual act, like, the people, or are these just actors? I was, I honestly <laughs> thought it was a mockumentary about the lives of these people that was like just blown up to proportion and she's like no this is the actual documentary eric and i was like mm-hmm. okay <laughs> this is where we are now uh oh man joe exotic is he he is truly a one in like 50 trillion character. uh and he's also like an every man's man at the same time in a way. That, like, it's so funny that, uh-huh. like, he hated Carol Baskin and trolled Carol Baskin so hard that he ended up getting himself in trouble. Like, I'm like, dude, you could have been a pain in her ass for, like, 20 yeah. years. It would have been funny. And this documentary would have come out and people would have, like, been like, oh my god, Joe, you're so funny. You're so great. But now he's sitting his ass in jail because he took a joke to try to turn it into reality. <laughs> It it is um like you like your friend said it truly is like a Mountain Dew mm-hmm. fever dream. It though I felt like the way it progressed, it continued to just slip into this more and more ridiculous story that like saying of um what life is stranger than fiction. What was your favorite right? part, or what was the part that was weird to you? We were like, what am I doing? Because for me, it was the thruple wedding. Oh my! I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm it sorry, was, I just no, started." No, when, 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 when the three of them all married each other, I was like, "Something." <laughs> that was so wild. I um, oh man, I literally, I just thought I was like. So this man has two husbands. It's a. It was. And I am still very it was single. A, it was a brother husband <laughs> situation. Never. That's not true. Oh, there was an, actually a TLC special that they did a while ago. I don't know if you'll be able to find it online, but it was called Brother Husbands or something, and it was about this lady whose hair was always Ooh. fucked up for some reason. I don't know why. It was very bizarre the way this lady was. But she was married to two men who were brother husbands, and she ended up having triplets. 
but they weren't sure who the father of the triplets were. So a big point in the show was trying to figure out which one of them fathered which triplet or if they fathered any of the triplets. So um, they were a throuple. And then Joe Exotic has his gay throuple, which I feel like I want on a shirt the word gay throuple. I would love that. I, I think we I think we probably try ads now though. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, oh but yeah, it oh my gosh. I don't even know. It was just so ridiculous. Yeah, I uh the the newspaper article that was like three ring circus. I, I just cackled at that. Um We also oh. need to discuss I just need a yes or no answer from you. Did Carol Baskin do it? <laughs> I yes. I, I also think yes. yes. And um, okay, we're on the same page. And honestly, with without storyline was unfolding, I, I I liked her a little bit more. <laughs> I thought when I was watching the episode, I was like, "Oh, like this lady seems kind of nice. Like, why are they so mean to her? Like, what's going on?" And I was like, "Oh no, Carol is as batshit as the rest of them." Exactly, but honestly, I was, you know, I, I one of my goals in life is to marry rich. Yeah. Hello, no, anyone yeah, out no, there? You you have to call to them. If, if if you if you build it, Eric, they will come. You know what I mean? Yes. So when I when I know when I found out that she also married Rich, I was like, "Yes, girl." Then she and then, her husband to lesbian tigers. <laughs> then he disappeared, and I was just he like, "And I think I think I think the what what really put the nail in the coffin was when she like broke into yes. the office, took the last will and testament yes. or whatever, and then resurfaced with her having done them." And the specific wording of if in my time of like death yes. or disappearance. I mean, what? No, people don't <laughs> write that for themselves. They really don't. And then, and they then don't. five years and one day after his birth, after after his, he's declared missing, you get the death certificate. Get the fuck out of here, Carol. Get the oh, fuck. Man. You know what? It oh my me, like Casey Anthony oh. time. Do you remember like how like uh, they let Casey Anthony fuck around for a long time oh, yes. and like like oh I work at Universal let's go out there. Just kidding, I don't work here. I think the maid took her. Like all this different stuff. Remember that? It gave me like yeah. remember, like you know case like like pre Casey Anthony before her time. Let's believe this white lady vibes and like let's not investigate or check the meat grinder. Yes. They black out and it, he, she very well could have said, you know what, Don? Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna nourish the cats. <laughs> I have not been this thoroughly surprised and shocked from a, a show or a piece of entertainment in I think probably <laughs> years. Um, it, it just really blew me away. And I think also what what I also really loved and hated is that so there's Joe and then there's um Doc and then there's mm-hmm. Carol, right? Doc has his like oh, weird hair hammer women who all mm-hmm. over there at like seventeen yeah. or sixteen uh-huh. and never left. Uh, Joe had his two husbands yeah. and his um group of toys and then Carol where she's like, Oh, they're cults. Yeah. She has a slew uh-huh. of volunteers 
who spent years working up the ladder to get to this special place of being and they don't the labor need. law the labor law and they were jumped out in the show okay they jumped out they work they work business at least John people when Joe had them picking through the expired meat in the Walmart truck I said I said oh my god <laughs> it, no, it's sad though. It wasn't great, but I think I think that's what we needed as far as the entertainment factor for our quarantine time. And so, um, you know, oh, congratulations yeah. to Carol for getting away with it until it pops up on her in the way that she yes, expects. Sure I still think that we've got more to see um, from them. I think so too. I think, um, and then what's his name, John or whatever, also Jeff. got away with it too. I totally think that Joe. Yeah. Joe did. I, I think. I think he did too. And it's really unfortunate. I mean, it, he was easy pickings, honestly. But yeah, they are. They they have brought to light a, a, a people in a topic that I don't think anyone before today ever really cared. I mean, people kind of care. like it's it's in our sight, eyesight somewhere. Like we're all kind of aware of like tigers and wild animals being kept but not to this level of like yeah. depth that I think will will kind of reinvigorate all these people in honestly really terrible ways yeah. Um, I, um, yeah I don't even know I I feel like when we think about it it, it was good to watch <laughs> to take a break from everything else that's happening um what, uh, and yes. I think another thing that like really made me happy like this week in the past or whatever is um, I watched um, Chrissy Teigen's um, she put on her Instagram live she did yes you sent it to her for sending that to me I she needed did, that she did a wedding like for Luna stuffed animals or something like that and it was like really weird and cute yes. and so what was your favorite part Oh my gosh. Um, so when John got up and sang Selena that Gomez. um Selena Gomez song. I uh, what was it? And I mean the outburst. Keep making love to <laughs> each other in that try, try, try. When he sang that <laughs> I think I told you I didn't I was so confused. Because first he started singing, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yes, John, that voice. Just to... But then I started yeah, listening like... to the lyrics and realized yeah, what it was. <laughs> it was so weird. I just I just started <laughs> laughing. And I was just so confused. I didn't know if I was more turned on yeah, no, or so like handsome. more confused. I know that you got bored in the middle of it, though, and had to go play off in on the side to go do something else. I think I think yes, that, that was great. Um, I just want to make a comment about Selena Gomez and her voice. Um, not my favorite. The song yes. is catchy though, but her voice is not my favorite. Yes. You know, um, she, I have a coworker who Selena, loves Selena. Selena, Selena Gomez? He stands her Mm, Selena Gomez. Yes, sorry. The only Selena, yes, mm -mm. The only Selena that I acknowledge is Selena Quintanilla, and that's it. There's no other one. Absolutely. Yes, but he he says Selena Gomez, 
and he's been judged very, very deeply for it. Um, but yeah, she, you know, she can put out some hits. Um, but yeah, that voice is not the best. So you know, John singing that song we lifted it to a whole new level, and it was just, we needed it. And also, it was just the funniest <laughs> thing that I saw that day too. I, I just can't. it was just so, so beautifully bizarre, and also. You know, it, it just goes back to us having to stay home, but finding new and different ways to keep ourselves entertained and connected. And, you know, I just really, it was just a really great moment to see that, they, you know, put on a wedding for their daughter's mm-hmm. uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. I also think that it's like really like, as far as like, and, like them being so weird and like just being good parents, like I kind of, that if I ever yes. kind of choose to bring a person into this world, that like, I'm able to kind of like go for their limbs that way, um, and like make a big yeah, that would because be like you know hosting a wedding for your daughter's stuffed animals is a cute thing. But when you can make it a big kind of event where like the grandma can attend and stuff, it's always fun and super funny. And I think it'll be a really oh. nice memory for them to look back on. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Especially like with right now, like I, you know, for the rest of the life, like we did this. Um, speaking of like social media, there's yeah. one more person I want to bring up before we move on. The literal domestic goddess herself, <laughs> Ina Garten. Um, we like love she just, the Barefoot Contessa. I, I don't even. I we love the Barefoot Contessa. She is just so perfect on so many different levels. And she also recently put out uh, a vid on Instagram of her uh, reminding us of during this time, we can still enjoy the most important hour of the day. Listen. The cocktail listen. hour. Uh, and she did want to make uh, you exactly. Like, how can we not? I'm sipping on some wine right now. Um, and she made, went on to make a recipe for a cosmopolitan. And it was great. Something really easy. What I've loved is that she's constantly like, oh, these are all things that you can find in your home, which for this one, I will say you probably yeah. can find these things at home probably, but this was the one where it was like some bread with some currants in it. Someone was like, really? Really, Ina? You I can, can find this in my know. house. And she's like, I want to tell you this. But she's so precious. But the kicker was that when she shook it all up, she then said, let me pull, show you all my favorite martini glass. And she pulls out a martini glass that is literally <laughs> the size of her head, pours the whole my Cosmo heart... into the glass, and picks it up and just starts <laughs> sipping on my it. My heart went out to her in that moment. I was like, oh, wow, she's really about to enter this quarantine more than any of us. I love that for her. Yes, she is ready. She's been Listen. ready. She stays ready. Like she's trying to make sure the rest of us are all get on her level. Honey, and Ina said, "This is what we're doing." Now I need to get on it. I'm definitely not right now, but eventually, soon, sometime soon. (laughs) Well, you know, I I I am pretty good. I I would love to get some other types of alcohol, but I currently have um between two uh, wine deliveries. From two different sources, I currently Whoa. have 16 bottles of wine. Um, <laughs> if we want social distancing right now, I would be Sitting in your house. <laughs> I, listen, I, we could each have a bottle <laughs> for, for days. So, yeah. 
This will, well, well, at this rate, honestly, I, I do not think I can drink all this wine. I, 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 I know my abilities and they're, they're quite great, but I don't think even I could get through 16 bottles of wine before this is all over. So, and then we'll have it when this is all over. Um. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. We will make that happen. Yeah, no, Ina is definitely the inspiration that we all need right now. When I was in high school, I went through a really intense food network phase, and I um, tried to make one of her um, mm-hmm. dishes. It came out just okay. Oh, you know, she she, she just does, so effortlessly yeah. does it. It's her job. It's her job. It, it is. It is her job. Yes, she makes it look so easy. I know it's not. But she makes it look so easy. And, um, you know, I just her whole brand is something that I really enjoy. She makes it, like, she really is, like, a domestic goddess. And so she really just makes it something that's just really intriguing and fun and consistent. And, you know, just something to strive for, honestly. I'm like, one day, Ina, I will get to your level. She, she's an inspiration to us all. Truly. Mm. So, uh, I feel like you might be wrapping up, but as we have been doing this, let's end on Mm -hmm. a great note and share our our thank the Lord, spelled L-O-R-D-E. Uh, for the week. yes, for our queen, let's let's share our thank the Lord um, for the week. So, I would like to thank Audra Lord for oh. being able to work from home during this crisis. I think mm. that um, it's been a very stressful time, but I'm I feel really blessed to be able to social distance and I'm super thankful for all of those um, essential workers who are on the front lines trying to make sure that the human race does not die out despite ourselves. So. Yeah. <laughs> so truly despite ourselves. That is so true though. You know, I, I completely agree with that. I think that um, I too am able to work from home and, you know, so that paycheck, but um, there are a lot of people who aren't right like people who just are not able to work right now and um are being impacted really by that and so I, I continue to be thankful that i am able to still work to still um be able to provide for myself um and that, so i think that that also just makes sure that we then think about those people too during this time of how we as a community yeah. can continue to support them um and like you said the people the people from the the sanitation workers mm-hmm. to the grocery store workers to the nurses the doctors like they are all so essential to us right now to continue to be able um, to ensure that we're able to keep going and to 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 get through this and to to come back from it so yeah I, I completely agree with that to just be thankful for that that we're able to work and do this from home yeah I think for me. It's actually what you brought up earlier, uh, is being able to just get outside yeah. and walk around for a bit. Uh, so like I, my roommate and I have been trying to get out uh, 
you know, probably every other day, I think you've been doing it uh, to go out and just take a walk around the neighborhood. Uh, we've been able to see different parts of the neighborhood that we had no clue about, uh, get to see people who live here and, you know, wave at them from a distance and chat with them. We met a woman today who had a rescue dog named Lady, who's the same breed as the, the, the oh. dog from Lady and the Tramp. And you know, it's really cute. Uh, so yeah, so it's just really nice to be able to get out, get some sun, get some exercise, not feel like we're just confined within these walls for a little bit. Uh, so I've been really thankful for that. Very good. And one last question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is Michelle Obama's favorite color? Ooh. I don't. <laughs> I didn't know this pop mm -hmm. quiz was happening. Um, oof. Our I am so terrible at these like, things. She's regal, you know what I mean? She, her impact, her influence, her power, so, you know what I mean? Um, becoming changed my life. Yes. So. Oh, I have not read. What you should do is um get her audiobook because uh it's I know. Your, like, my roommate yeah, has no, the book but, here. But I'm telling you, get the audiobook because he talks to you and it's like, oh my god, Michelle, like yes. Oh. Ooh, that does sound really lovely. I might have to do that. But um, side note though, this reminds me of this this buddy quiz thingy that people have been taking all over the place. That's been a, a hot little commodity uh, that okay. I've failed horribly at. <laughs> uh, so I do not know people who are even my friends. So with this, um, I'm going to guess green. green. What, is your, what is your justification? What's your logic? Yeah. I feel like... <laughs> Wow, I didn't know that had the, I didn't know this was yeah, not just a pop quiz, but a short answer as well. Yeah, we're bringing it back. <laughs> I would say either green or purple, but I said green because I don't know. I feel like it's a a color that looks yeah. good on her. I mean, what color doesn't? But I feel like particularly green is really great on her, um, and I think that it has a richness to it. Um, that I think she would enjoy. Uh, and I think that it's also very versatile in mm. what you can wear in that color. Tend I tend to think of like okay. favorite colors in clothing. <laughs> uh, but, but, but like, like yeah. a seafoam green versus what, what's, what it green? No, I would say closer mm -hmm. to like a forest green, okay. but a little bit brighter than that. Definitely not seafoam. Um, but something more mm -hmm. earth tony, you know. I hear you. So for me, because she's just so ground. Oh, so she's like a member of the Earth Nation. Did you used to watch uh, uh, Avatar? <laughs> Never mind. Yes, she would totally. Be, she would absolutely be uh, an Earthbender. Absolutely. I would be an Earthbender too because you know I'm a Capricorn, so like we're Earth signs. Anyway. Um, I, I'm a Libra, so I'd probably well, be an airbender. You might the series, girl, because there was only one, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, so I think that her, um, <laughs> I think that Michelle 
Danielle's favorite color is probably like I feel like she's like auntie, but she's like our fifty year fifty something auntie, and I feel like the the forty to fifty something aunties are like a very specific palette. Um, but for Michelle, I actually am really feeling like a burgundy maroon vibe for her. Mm. I really feel that because it's not quite royal. It's not. It's not like this obnoxious. Like because you know, there's there's a there's like a segment of black women who like love royal purple because for some reason that's just their jam. But uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about too. It's like it's like a group of aunties where it's, like, it's royalty, honey. I'm, ro-. I'm like okay, all right, we get it. We we understand. I mean, I love purple. I tend to like a little bit lighter purple than that, yeah, but no, that's why I, I said see, either I green or purple for her, too. Burgundy, uh, a maroon garnet in that family for her. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm possible. I think it's because it's classy and it's classic, and those are two things that that our first lady is. Yeah. It's timeless and she is um, it's complimentary to her skin tone. We love that. <laughs> yeah, we do. Okay, so I, I think, think so that too. we have reached the end again. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, this was the folding. Yes. This is folding chair podcast. Oh, we did, did we the podcast? Uh, I don't think we did. We you, you know. Ooh. I don't think we're welcome to folding chair, y'all. We'll see y'all next. So <laughs> we're doing it now. Yeah, no. We're, we're doing it now, though. Yeah. But yeah, this is folding chair podcast. Um, really love talking to you. Uh, I- I'll be honest. I was I so know, sad that too. we couldn't do this in person, but, but doing this on the phone Aww. still gave me so much life. Yeah, no, I love you, and I feel like when we're in person, it's, Truly. it's it's good, too, but I'm glad that we at least have technology on our side to be able to still record. Absolutely, same. Very thankful for all the technology. <laughs> Maybe next time I we'll do a so, Zoom. I can see you, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, thank, thank you, listeners. Please rate us, subscribe us, give us feedback, you know, really appreciate it. Yes, we will. So there's questions and such. Uh, you can find us mm-hmm. on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. I think we're still waiting, waiting to get on uh, Apple Music, uh, but yeah. I feel it coming down the down the road. So yeah, for us, folding chair. Uh, yeah, and we will Yay. talk to you all, all right, next bye, week. Everybody. Stay safe out there. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you too. <laughs>